0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Early Parenting Podcast. In today's episode, I am taking you through part one of an interview that I did with the amazing Alana Gardini, who is a pediatric physio and the brains and creator of My Strong Little Body. I've divided the interview into two parts just because it is so value-packed and worthy of delivering over a couple of weeks. So today, you're going to get the first part of my discussion and my interview with Alana. So I can't wait for you to dive in. Let's do this. Welcome to the Early Parenting Podcast, where we help you navigate the somewhat tricky world of parenthood so you can love the crap out of being a mama. I'm your host, Jen Butler, and I'm an early parenting consultant and a mama of two busy, busy boys. Join me as I explore all things early parenting and deliver them to you in toddler-friendly, bite-sized lessons. Because let's be honest, your toddler is probably smothering pseudo-cream on the wall as we speak. I'll be dropping my hottest tips on baby and toddler sleep, feeding, boobs, behavior, and so much more. Are you ready to feel confident in motherhood? Let's dive in. Hello, Alana. Welcome to the Early Parenting Podcast. I'm pretty thrilled to have you here.
1: Thank you so much
0: for having me, June. I'm really pumped to be here. Well, I thought to start, I would get you to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are, what you're all about and all of that sort of stuff.
1: Okay, great. so uh, my name's Alana Gardini. I'm a pediatric physiotherapist. I work on uh, on the Gold Coast in a private practice clinic and I have been there for about ten years now. I have a um, a lovely husband and two little boys, Fraser and Alfie, and Fraser is five and a half, and Alfie is two and a half, and he's a very, Feisty two-and-a-half-year-old. <laughs> so I do, do have my work cut
0: out for me. <laughs> I feel like is it just me? Is it second children? Like yes. seriously, because oh. it, number two, feisty as. Oh, gosh. I think also
1: maybe you get a bit more laxy-daisy with things and so the,
0: yeah. the and boundaries start to slip, don't <laughs> yeah. they?
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so I'm quite busy in my private practice. It's not my private practice. I work for, for someone and it's called All About Physio. And I see a really broad range of clients there. I see um, lots of children with, um, I see many under fives and I see lots of kids with developmental delay. I see lots of children with disabilities. So cerebral palsy and Down syndrome is uh, working with children with um, disability is a real passion of mine. So that's a part of my work I really enjoy. Um, I see lots of kids with all sorts of different walking patterns that parents will come in and worry about things like toe walking and knock knees and bow legs and in towing and those kind of things in toddlers and older children. We see sports injuries, um, lots of plagiocephaly, which is the flat head syndrome and just like a global developmental delay, those kind of things. So it's very varied work. It's really wonderful working with families. I'm very lucky to be a part of these families' lives and to get to see the children, you know, achieve these amazing goals. So it's, yeah, it's a real passion of mine.
0: I love that. And it is so like when parents come to you with concerns about delay, whether they are mild, whether they're just, you know, a temporary thing, like just to be able to make that difference or something more chronic, just to make that difference. It's it's very rewarding to be able to play that part in promoting development. Yeah, oh, it
1: is. It's so rewarding. And a lot of the families that I see really just need some reassurance. You know, there's a lot of pressure out there from all sorts of different you know it could be from a family member it could be from friends or just a random stranger saying you know your baby isn't walking yet or Mm. you know your baby's not crawling yet what's going on and you know there's a lot of you know people you know we're all going to compare our babies to other people's babies as well and so easy to do so a lot of families will come in and just need that extra bit of reassurance to make sure that what their baby is doing is normal and okay and you know there's such a wide spectrum of what is normal for development that sometimes they just need a little bit of um reassurance from me to say that 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 looks that looks perfectly fine to me and you know i can just help them support them through that little next little stage
0: when I was working in the centre, I used to I used to get so many mums coming in, and, and we would do. It's called the Peds. Have you are you familiar with the Peds, the Parents Evaluation Developmental Status? And I think it's a Victorian thing. Yeah, but it's a way of talking to parents to find out whether they've got concerns in different domains of their child's development. And so much would come up in different domains, but I used to remember it used to be so much in the gross motor sort of developmental area because of that comparison game it would be a oh, mum coming yeah. in at 12 months worried so much that their baby wasn't walking yeah and absolutely. because oh, you know the mums in the mother's group baby maybe a few of them were walking yes and it basically comes down to not understanding that there is such a great big spectrum yeah. of what is considered normal absolutely
1: yeah yeah and I think you're right it happens a lot in that first year or first you know 18 months because once your child is walking I think parents relax a little bit because they know that everything's okay and then I think potentially and I even find that with you know children that I work with long term once it gets to you know closer to school age or, or even just preschool age you know fine motor becomes more of a concern and then you know when they get to school age, it's more um, speech and language that they start to worry about so definitely I find in those first 18 months to two years it is the gross motor development that is the biggest worry
0: for families you yeah. can almost see that predictable pathway of yeah the concerns that parents have at various ages so yeah well, we're definitely grateful to have you as a health professional helping out all the families out there, Alana. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> now, I would love for you to tell us a little bit about the amazing resource that you have created for families. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yes, no, my
1: um, my labour of love, <laughs> my strong little body. I guess I'll start off where it all began. So mm-hmm. I became a mom in 2015 to my uh, first born Fraser so he got to about I don't know maybe five or six months of age and I started realizing that um, I could well first of all first of all before I get that far I um I realized really that becoming a mum is quite tricky,
0: <laughs> first of all.
1: Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I, I don't think you realise until, you know, you mm. become a mum that huge transition, you know, into motherhood and what it is. And, you know, I had particularly screamy, cry, not very sleepy babies and, you know, I was just getting used to, you know, that big transition, getting used to the sleepless nights, how to settle a baby, you know, feeding, latching, all that kind of stuff. And even for me, I found that um, gross motor development didn't become such a big priority, even with all my experience and our firstborn ended up with a little bit of a flathead. So I was mortified when I realized and I thought, my goodness, if it happens to me, of course, you know, it can happen to anybody, you know, with all my knowledge of pediatric physio and I, you know, still it happened. I wasn't popping my baby in tummy time as much as I should have. And so I thought, what? what can I do? What can I do to support families, you know, out there? What, what is out there first of all? And there wasn't a lot, there was a lot of clinical resources for therapists. There was, you know, some more generalized things like there's Jim which is, you know, the, um, you know, the baby gym yeah. classes that you can you know baby sensory all that kind of stuff but there wasn't really anything specifically for parents like an evidence-based guide with lots of beautiful pictures and step-by-step instructions as to how to support your baby through their first 18 months or two years of development you know I already had a little baby model in front of me mm-hmm. <laughs> and I thought okay I'm going to start putting stuff together and I thought initially that I'd you know do a blog and I thought oh, okay maybe I can create something for my patients because you know I can create some exercise sheets because, you know, I had this baby model in front of me and I could take photos of him, you know, doing stuff that I do with him really naturally, I was doing with him really naturally anyway. So I would hold him in certain ways and I would play with him in certain ways and position him in certain ways. And some of my mum friends and in my mother's group, they'd be like, why are you holding him like that? Like, why are you, why are you positioning him like that? Why, why are you popping him across your lap like that? And I'd be like, okay, I can, I can put this down. I can put this down mm. on paper. and." sort of flesh it out and I ended up creating this you know over many late nights for the first two years of his life I'd stay up till 2am brainstorming and putting it all together and editing and my cousin got involved and he did all the design and everything for me we'd go back and forth so it took it took five years to put it all together really by the time we you know finish it all off but it's a 10-step baby development guide it is it goes all the way from birth through to walking and it is 10 chapters of um basically exercises that you can use at home uh, to support your baby's development and by exercises it's always play-based so it's not like little baby push-ups or
0: <laughs> weights or... get down and squat <laughs> yeah. give me 20 <laughs> although you can although do, I that do. If you like <laughs> sure sure there's,
1: there's no there's no harm i actually do get sure there's a market squat. for it <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it is basically that step by step, you know, ways, you know, we start at the newborn stage, we go from, uh, you know, how to support your baby in those first six weeks, a way to start off the foundation of movement, and then we go all the way through from tummy time, going all the way up through to rolling sitting crawling pulling to stand and walking and then even the toddler years as well how as to you know you can get your baby going from that really um, precarious toddler walking stage to a really stable dynamic walker as well so um yeah it is my labor of love it's definitely my brain in a book it's almost every exercise that i give to my clients as well so there's not many exercises that i um you know that i haven't thought of that are in there and we started off as an ebook, book and um, there was quite a lot of demand for the hard copy so just at the start of this year we released a hard copy as well so yeah mm. that's that it's, uh, oh, yeah, it's just, been really exciting it's been a real ride and you know i've got such beautiful feedback from not only parents but also therapists as well you know junior therapists that are learning about um you know, pediatric physio and even some colleagues of mine that I really respect have used it to um, basically use it as a home program with their families as well. Mm. And I found it as well in this lockdown time, it's actually come into its own because families who are not only locked down at home with a new baby and getting used to all that stuff, but then they don't have their support from their local mother's groups and from their, even, you know, in some cases from their mum or their, their friends that would normally give advice about this kind of stuff. So, it gives them something solid to, to go through at home and to feel like they can support their baby in that way while they're, you
0: know, so yeah, while they yeah. And, and this is, so Alana is actually coming on as a guest speaker in, and for the girls within my happy baby code group, which the reason why I reached out to Alana was because I know the questions that get asked by yeah. new mums yeah. and outside of the stuff that my course offers around the breastfeeding and the sleep and the settling and all of that sort of stuff, is the developmental stuff, the how to's of, and and we're going to touch upon some of the most FAQs, you know, a a little bit later on, but all of that stuff I just see. And this is like, when I'm listening to this, I'm thinking to myself, oh my gosh, this is like such an amazing resource for a health professional. Because I mean, I know like assessment of development, but it's that promoting of development that is, yeah. out of my realms and look that's why we outsource and why we refer i should say yeah. to professionals to pediatric yeah, but I think also, like you said
1: like you know you will get the same questions time and yeah. time again and we get the same questions time and time again you know as a pediatric physio tell me time why is my baby not rolling it when you know is it okay that they don't crawl you know all those kind of things and that's you know, a lot of that is all in the book because it's, you know, and like I was saying at the very start of the form we were discussing um, just before, like all families require a lot of time is reassurance. Mm
0: -hmm. And that's
1: the overarching theme of, of the book is reassurance because there is such a broad spectrum of, you know, what is normal, what's considered normal in typical development, the windows, like even the world health organization has given such huge windows for development for something like crawling, I think is maybe the biggest window and it's from, I think the earliest that we know babies crawl is around about 5 months which to be honest is quite terrifying when a oh month old god baby that, that gives me play. the heebie-jeebies. Or, or you know or even scary is when you know 8 month old babies start walking but it oh happens my god. I know. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> it looks so funny like little dollies it, does, doesn't, it? Doesn't, it, it doesn't, doesn't it it looks yeah. strange yeah, like little, balls, you know, little new balls walking
0: <laughs> anyone who has an eight month old listener please get in touch with alana or i because we are so want to hear but it's just it is you're so used to seeing these little people just sitting like little blobs just yeah. you know both yeah. my boys at that age were just sitting they were yeah. not even crawling yep yeah so if they're walking yeah, I'm like it's, oh, wild. <laughs> it's very entertaining but anyway
1: like that you know there is such that broad spectrum so i think Paul yeah. can start at five months and it can go all the way i think the latest you know the of uh, the world health organization window of typical development is i think 13 months So like all the way yeah. from five to 13 months that's such a huge range and then walking can go all the way from yeah eight or nine months to 18 months and some babies you know even though it is considered later it can be all the way up until two so it's a huge huge range and, and just for you know for a health professional to be able to say I know this from this book <laughs> but Absolutely. it is completely normal for this to happen and yeah no I think it's got a lot of different um, ways it can be used
0: I remember when I was working, I was probably my first few years of being a maternal and child health nurse. I had a boy come in and he was about 18 months and all he would do was sit. So, Mm -hmm. you know, seemingly a concern. He was such a big boy. Like, I'm, I've never seen a, like, he would have, if we're talking the centile charts, he was well above and beyond that 97th top line. Yeah. Anyway, I'll never forget. I mean, I did all the referrals because I'm not just going to sit there and assume everything's okay. Yeah, yeah but I'll never forget seeing him walking through the supermarket. Oh. Like a little bit, you know, I was living in the area that I was working. And I remember just being like, yeah, you got there. Yeah, and his, got I remember there. his mum, his mum actually wasn't too worried. I think it was like third or fourth baby. Yes. She'll third be, or fourth be, baby. Oh God. it yeah, will <laughs> be fine. <laughs> and sure enough, she was right. Like, you know, she trusted those instincts and like, he was just a big boy, I think. And I yeah. think all these big siblings bringing him, Everything that he needed, so why the oh, hell yeah, should he the move? the environment is such a big thing too. And I guess that's where,
1: you know, on the other side of the spectrum, you know, you really can create an environment for your baby which is more conducive for them to learn how to move and learn how to learn as well. You know, we call them enriched environments basically. And We know from studies that enriched environments have a really big effect on a baby's cognitive development as well we know that a baby is born with 100 billion neurons in their brain which is as half as many stars as the um, milky way so it is incredible the baby's brain is just it is just amazing and so what we know though when a baby is born is that they're born with those neurons there but they're not yet wired up or connected if you like so if you think of the brain like an architecture of the house the architecture and the and the structure is there, but the wiring's not yet complete. And the way that they get the wiring is by repeated learning and by repeated experiences from these enriched environments. An enriched environment, and it sounds fancy, but it's really just describing a term where you're giving your baby lots of opportunity to play with age-appropriate things, to move in age-appropriate ways, um, to interact with them and communicate them, communicate with them, you know, in age-appropriate ways. And there we know that then the learning capacity can be altered as well. So we. We know that babies that are given those enriched environments and there was a particular study on preemie babies, some were given these um, extra like therapeutic enriched environments and some were um, just given the, you know, standard care. And those babies that were given the, um, the, basically the therapy were then went on up and all the way up until school years were shown to have increased um, attention, increased memory, increased spatial awareness. Even their vision was different. Their expressive language was different. So it had a whole array of effects and it was really just in those first, you know, that first year of you know, therapy, if you like. And it doesn't, you know, therapy sounds like a bit of a scary term. You know, my baby needs therapy. It's not It's not that as such. It's more so just providing them with all those extra opportunities and, and an environment that allows for them
0: to learn and grow and develop in a, you know, in a more um, enriched way. I love that. It's like, you, you know, you have consolidated, I guess, something that I talk to lots of families about. Like I'll just give you a little bit of an example about how I talk about that repeated exposure when it comes to like the... The world of sleep is a lot. A lot of parents will come to me and they'll say that the dummy, the baby has to, you know, they have to be the one to replace their dummy, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, I'll say that if you actually are teaching your baby and showing them how to replace it, to move the hand down, to bring it up, replace, and, you know, on repeat, that regular gross motor pattern and, like, teaching them, that's what helps to, you know, join up the. Join, Those the waters, dogs. Then, yeah, join the dogs. Start, yeah. All of a sudden, and it doesn't actually take that long. Like, I mean, no. it to be I actually did
1: exactly that with my kids. My kids both had dummies, yes. and I did exactly that. And it really does, like, by I can't even remember what age, but like maybe five or six months, like they were that already replacing it themselves. And you just have to keep showing them how to do it. And yeah. it's funny, actually, even with. Physio, if I'm actually seeing a child in um, a therapy session and I'll do something over with them, you know, in a, you know, might be a half hour, an hour session and they're crying and they're whinging and they're not enjoying it and they're not really doing much in the session. And so many times a mum has reported back to me that that night, the baby has gone and just done whatever we were doing in the session because, you know, and you just, babies are so amazing. Like they are just picking up on things when you just don't realize. And it's not, like you said, like it can be in a whole array of different areas. So it's gross motor, it's fine motor, it's speech and language. It's, you know, that brains it's are just like easy. little sponge <clears throat> sponges. I think that a baby's brain gets to its uh, 80% of its adult capacity by like three or something like that. I should know that, but yeah, no, <laughs> exactly I should, know, but
0: I should <laughs> know the exact stats of that too. But it <laughs> is. It's the first four years that their brains are just going absolutely cray cray. And I just love what you said, because I've spoken with a lot of guests. I had Alex Tricillo on a few weeks ago and we spoke about it from language development. Like, yes, you know, it's the same. It's the same. It's, and it's, it's all connected as well. It's like, this is a big thing is that you can never look at one area of your baby without looking at the other. Absolutely. And not. like, for me, a huge part of the way I work with families around, well, whether it's sleep, whether it's toddler behavior, whatever it is, it's all around working with their development and understanding mm. this concept that our babies and our toddlers are so bloody smart. They are yeah. so smart. Yeah. We just have to know how to promote that, whatever yeah. it is that we're promoting basically. Absolutely. Yeah. So this is just incredible. Like I'm just yeah, I love Ta-da!
1: all of this. Talking about the link between speech and and I'm thinking even with feeding, something that often comes up as well is a baby's ability to have solids and to safely take solids. I don't think personally. And there'll be lots of different views on this and so obviously, you know, every parent needs to do, you know, whatever feels right for them. But, you know, in regards to posture, a baby can't really swallow well In regards to taking solids until they're able to, you know, almost, you know, just about sit independently. So I always find it interesting when parents are giving babies solids when their babies are still, you know, maybe reclined in a bouncer or something like that, because they're really not Posturally ready to do that, their swallow and their gag reflex, and all that kind of stuff is affected. So, it is so interlinked.
0: And there's that advice of, well, for whatever reason, maybe their baby's waking more, and so they'll be told by someone, a health professional, often, mm. or sometimes it's family, start giving them solids. That's the answer. And yet, developmentally, they're, they're not sitting supported, they're all hunched over, yeah. and development. Is what comes down to us being able to offer all of these opportunities at the right time and yeah, knowing yeah, and that that's right it time. at the right time.
1: Yeah, and going back to the book, it's that's a big part of what I've done with every chapter, is being able to say you know because it really shouldn't be age defined. So you know at you know for the rolling chapter, for example. At the start of every chapter, I say, okay, typical rolling will occur between four months and, and nine months, say, for example. Uh, that's a big gap. Like that's a yeah. that's a really big gap. But, you know, generally it happens between four and eight months, I think. But then I, I will also say your baby is ready to roll or try these exercises, ready to try this next chapter when they show you know these certain characteristics so they might be kicking more independently they'll be turning their head side Mm -hmm. to side they'll be reaching with their arms they'll be doing um x y and z so each each chapter has their own little you know what should you see first before you start trying to promote and nudge this next um gross motor
0: skill along Yeah, so you're not jumping into trying to promote something that they're just not ready to be at. exactly.
1: Your baby's not ready to sit yet if they can't um, push up onto their hands, which is very interesting. So when they're lying on their tummy, if your baby can't yet push up onto their hands, their back is not strong
0: enough yet to start sitting and like this is what many parents might not know but like babies toddlers there's a massive range but they all do follow a like a typical developmental pathway don't they
1: oh absolutely yeah. there'll be variations and and that is a lot to do with um, body type as well so some babies for example won't Won't ever crawl on all fours um, because they just have a a, you know a body type that doesn't allow for it it's really great if they do because it is such a great strengthening you know motor skill so um, we can talk a little bit more about that later but you know if a baby is particularly like has really loose ligaments or you know has low muscle tone it's a lot harder for them to get up onto you know all fours so they might end up being even like you know the parent might have done everything they could and kept them on their tummy and that's really the whole premise of this is if you give them enough tummy time and they get happy in tummy time then eventually they'll find their way into crawling you know some babies will just commando crawl because they can't push up onto their hands and there's lots of things that you can do to help promote that four-point crawling and we can talk about that later yeah essentially you know that baby because
0: of their body type might just be a commando crawler reflect to their own devices and that's okay too and we can talk about you know a couple of tips that you have for some of these primary concerns that parents have that i know again one of the most FAQs I would get in the center is, is it okay? Why is my baby crawling like this and why aren't they crawling like on all fours? Yeah. Uh, So that's really good to hear. And I'm sure that there's going to be lots of parents reassured just hearing that, that there's actually nothing wrong with having a commando
1: crawler. Oh, absolutely not. And sometimes commando crawling is something that happens just before um, it quite often, actually, it happens just before four point crawling. So they'll commando crawl for a few months or a few weeks and then they'll hop up onto all fours by themselves. So that is... Um, my
0: boys did that, I think. Yeah,
1: and it's funny. One of my boys did that and the other one went straight up into four-point crawling. Yeah, so.
0: I'm trying to remember. God, I'm a terrible mum, aren't I? <laughs> terrible. Call the authorities. do you <laughs> i need to start journaling so I, you know how you always think that you're going to remember these things with your kids and oh, you yes. do not <laughs> my mum
1: did an excellent journal for every single one of us and she wrote down every single master and every single little story and anecdote about us and i started off with fraser doing that and got scared to the second child you're like oh my god Oh, I don't poor know. I don't
0: have time. Poor second child. The most beautiful. He's got every three months. I used to do Snapfish photo books. Yes. Perfectly filled out. Like all the milestones. Yep. So we got up to three months. Well done. <laughs> yeah. Pat on the back. Pat on the back. <laughs> <laughs> no, the four second child. Imagine the fourth or the fifth. <laughs> I know. Oh my goodness. Yeah. are well, lucky to you be know. clothed. Yeah. Exactly. You're clothed. You're fed. Well done. <laughs> <laughs>